Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together Yisra'i, the first Aliyah Rishon. Our uh, parsha as a whole of Yisra'i is 72 psukim long. Our first Aliyah is 12 psukim long. The topic of our first Aliyah is the arrival of family. Let's take a look at a brief overview and then jump into some points to ponder. We hear that Yisra'i hears. Yisra'i, the priest of Midian, the father-in-law of Moshe, hears everything that's happened to Israel. He hears about the Exodus and he comes and he takes Zipporah, his daughter, who is the wife, of Moshe after they separated when Moshe Rabbeinu went to lead Israel and he brings their two children. We hear the names of their two children. Gerashom is the name of the first one because he named him Gera Yisabi I was a stranger in a foreign land that is referring to Midian. And then the name of the second child is Eliezer. Save me, the gods of my fathers um, were with me and they saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. So Yisra comes and he comes to Moshe, Moshe and he presents them as they are in the area of Har HaElohim, the mountain of God. Moshe says, to, uh, and then he comes to Moshe and he says, he presents his credentials. He says, I'm your father-in-law, this is your wife, your children. And Moshe Rabbeinu runs out to meet him. He bows down to him, he kisses him. And they ask each other in peace, they, 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 uh, and they come to the tent. So it seems that there's, there's, a, there's a great level of endearment on both sides in, in, in this meeting. Moshe Rabbeinu then tells Yisra exactly what's happened, what happened to Pharaoh, what happened to Egypt, all the details that, that, that happened. And Yisra, which is generally translated that he became very happy about all the goodness that was done to Israel and how Hashem had saved them from the Egyptians. And Yisra says, Baruch Hashem Asher Tzil Eschem Yad Mitzrayim Yad Pare. Blessed is God who just saved you from all these people. So I now know that you are greater than all the, the, the that Hashem is greater than all the, the powers in the world because they died in Davar Asher Zadu Alehem in the matter in which they themselves were um, conspiring to, to hurt. And uh, at this point in town, they, they bring sacrifices, they invite the elders in, and they have this feast together with Yisra, the father-in-law of Moshe. Very powerful aliyah, very beautiful aliyah to understand. First, the basic question to ask is, what did Yisra hear? Now, if all we had were the psukim, we would say that he heard Exodus, because that's what it says in the psukim. However, Rashi, quoting the Medrash, adds in a few other ideas, and that is he also heard about Krias Yamsuf Melchemes Amalek. He heard about the splitting of the sea and the war with Amalek, which are the two most recent episodes that have occurred in Pasha's Peshalach. It's worthwhile noting that the, this should be contrasted, in fact, with Amalek. Because if you think about it, both Yisro and Amalek were non-Jewish. They were Gentile onlookers who witnessed what was happening with Israel Amalek did not like what they saw and therefore they attacked. Yisroi liked what he saw and therefore he joined. Two very different perspectives of how to be a bystander, how to look at something which is different to what you understand. Yisra is the paradigm and therefore is actually put directly after the whole Milchemes Amalek, not just because he heard about it, but because he is in contrast to it. A second question is in the Zalia, which is a very important question, although it seems to be just linguistic, is it sounds like each of his children are called a single child. Meaning, if you look at Pasuk Gimel, it says, Shem Ha'echad Gershom, and then the next Pasuk is, Shem Ha'echad Eliezer, the name of the one and the name of the one. It should be the name of the one and the name of the, two, the second. It's almost as if they, are, they own each their own unique child, their own single child. Why is this? So there's a very beautiful idea Rosh Shimon Schwab develops in this parasha, and that starts off in the Midrash, the, the midrash which, is, which is described over here, the Midrash of Mechilta. 
It says that when Moshe Rabbeinu first came to Yisrael in Parashat Shmas, and he wanted to marry his, the daughter of Yisrael um, as his wife, at that point in time, Yisrael says, I will give her to you on one condition. What is that one condition? I demand that you give your first child to Avarazar, to pagan worship. And Moshe Rabbeinu agreed. Yisrael asked him for an oath, and Moshe Rabbeinu took the oath to give his first child to Avarazar. And that's why... And, and that's why it is, this is described as such. Now, for a moment, let's just appreciate this. Moshe Rabbeinu, the leader of Israel, the lawgiver, would give one of his children to Avodah Zarah. What in the world does this Medrash Michil to mean? What is going on over here? So perhaps, suggests Rav, Rav um, Schwab, a very beautiful idea. Rashi explains the beginning of our parasha that Yisrael was the priest of Midian. He's not just a Midianite. He's not just a regular Gentile, a proletariat. Yisrael was the priest. What, why, what's the significance in that? Rashi explains that Yisrael was on a journey of investigation. He went to every culture, he researched it, and he not only did he research it as an outsider, he invested himself into it till he was a priest in every culture that he went to, trying to find truth. He was on a, 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 a crusade to find truth in his own life. And that's why when he came to the, in his own culture, in the Midianite culture, he was a priest. He was a priest in all the other cultures that he tried as well. And what that meant to say is that Yisra ultimately did find the truth. Yisra ultimately did find HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Almighty. But it took a number of steps. It took a long journey to get there. What Yisra is asking of Moshe Rabbeinu is not to give their child to Avodah Zarah, but give their child to discover God, not to have it as part of the education curriculum as the only option. He wanted his own grandson to be just like himself. Guitar strapped to his back, hair down to his waist, traveling through India, trying to find himself. That's what Yisrael wanted of this child. And it's a very different mode of operation, a very different modality of education that Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu perhaps would have felt comfortable. Moshe Rabbeinu perhaps would have chosen insulation, whereas Yisrael chose integration. Moshe Rabbeinu was willing to allow his method of education on the first child and his own method of education on the second child. That explains why these were two children who were almost their own identities, two separate children. The first one was really the one that Yisrael wanted to educate, and that is Gershom. Why? I was a stranger in a foreign land. That doesn't just refer to Moshe. It refers to the type of culture that this first child would live, being a stranger, always exploring, always trying to find more. The second child, which is Moshe Rabbeinu's one, is Elokeo Vibezri. There now God is mentioned. The God of my fathers, there's tradition. He's part of a story. He's, he's part of Hashkacha Pratis. Hashem saves him. This is part of God's plan. The first one is still discovering it as well. Moshe and Yisroi had an educational dispute as to how it would work, and they divided the children between them in these two methodologies. In fact, this explains why the Midrash describes that the second child Eliezer, Moshe Rabbeinu was almost killed for by not giving a bris milah. The reason is because Moshe Rabbeinu, according to this, didn't actually offer a bris milah for the first child as a, a green, in agreement to Yisra. Yeah, in terms of Yisra's commands, this child would find himself as well. This is obviously in a pre-Matan Torah society as well. What is interesting to note is that the, the Medrash Rabbi actually goes on to describe that, in fact, this is the dispute between Rabbi Eliezer in the Mishnah and uh, the other and the Tana the other Tana the Tana Kama, who say who is a para the para Duma, is it a one year old or is it a beyond one year old cow that has to give birth to the para Duma? Um, uh, so 
What is interesting is, is that the Medrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu heard this Mishnah and said, Halavai, I love the Tana Rabbi Eliezer so much. Halavai, I should have some connection to him. And, the Mishra, and then the Medrash says, don't worry, you and the child, his name will be Eliezer, which is so strange. Moshe Rabbeinu is naming after a future child, Rabbi Eliezer, in the Mishnah. What does that have to do with anything? So Rishwab explains, the dispute in the Mishnah as to the age of the Paraduma is, is important in terms of understanding. The Paradum is seen as the, that, that uh, area of Torah which we cannot understand. It's beyond our conception. Well, Rabbi Moshe Darshan, as, as Rashi quotes in Pashas Chukas, actually gives an explanation. He says that it is like the mother coming to clean up after a child. That the, uh, the, the Egel Azov is the child. The mother is the Paraduma for all the, the we'll call ideological failings. In the Paraduma, the, uh, in the Egel Azov, the Paraduma comes to clean it up. Well, Rabbi Yezer says, that a para means bas shanasa. It is a year old, which means that, it, and we know the Gemara says that a, a para, a cow of one year, cannot have its own calf, cannot calf, which means that it would not be capable of yielding young, not capable of having an explanation, Rabbi Moshe Darshan. Whereas the other Torah understands, no, it's an older cow, which means it can have children, which means to say it is possible to understand it in logical conceptions. Moshe was uh, arguing the following with Yisra. Yisra, you think that you ultimately, rationally, philosophically, this child is going to arrive at the truth. There are limits to logic. There are times and parts of the Torah that you cannot understand. You just have to believe. You just have to know that Hashem knows what's right. Like the Paraduma. Yisra championed the cause that everything is logical. If you just think about it long enough, you will arrive at truth. And that's what he wanted Gershon to arrive at. Moshe Menuh says, my champion is Rabbi Eliezer, who says that the Paraduma cannot be a mother. It cannot be a, a cow that can mother because it doesn't even have an explanation of being the mother that cleans up after a child, like Rabbi Moshe Adarshan says. And Rabbi Moshe Rabbeinu says, that type of philosophy is my type of philosophy. And I said, yes, you will have a child whose name is Eliezer. Not after Rabbi Eliezer and the Mishnah, but after the ideology of the paradigm being inexplicable. That's perhaps part of this dispute over here, which is a very beautiful perspective. This idea is, is very important to understand in terms of different methodologies of education, trying to understand how to educate our children. Do you, ex do you educate by exposing and allowing them to understand what's right, or do you educate by, um, by, by, uh, by insulating and ensuring that they do not have access to that? Mothers in the East, culturally, uh, culturally speaking, mothers in the East hold their babies facing outwards. Mothers in the West hold their babies facing inwards. Different cultures. When a child's bending down underneath a ta uh, underneath a table and is going to stand up, do you put your hand there to stop them banging their head, or do you allow them to find their way and realize that this is going to have to be more careful in the future? When you're holding a hot cup and a child of, of hot contents, and a child comes near and wants to touch it, do you take it away, or do you take their hand and say, look, this is hot," and put their hand close by it? Do you expose? Do you insulate? Very complicated questions, and that's part of the discussion that Yisra and Moshe Rabbeinu were having about the two children, which are found in our Aliyah as well. Finally, one last point to this Aliyah is, why was Yisra so excited about what Moshe Rabbeinu told him? So Rashi says, Vayichad Yisra actually can actually have a double meaning. On the one hand, it can mean Vayichad from the word Chedva, which is to be happy. On the other hand, it could also be, as Rashi quotes the Midrash, that Naasa Bissaroi Chidudim Chidudim, his skin became goosebumps. Because he heard about the terrible suffering that the Egyptians suffered. And Yisra was a Gentile. He was not a Hebrew. He was not an Israelite. And therefore, on the one hand, he felt the empathy to their side, to their plight and suffering. And he felt the excitement about the divine justice in the world. A very complex person. A person who is able to understand both sides of the equation. That's who Yisra was. Rashi explains that what we're quoting the Gwarin Sota. 
is the reason why Yisro was so incredibly impressed upon hearing the story in more detail was because, and metaphorically, as the Gemara says, Bakadera Asher Bishlu Ba Nisbashlu. In the pot that they cooked, they were cooked. They tried to kill the, the children of Israel in the water because they felt they had a fail-proof fail method of killing them in a way that they could not be retaliated upon because Hashem had sworn that there would not be a flood to, bring, to destroy the entire earth. So using that as a as a shield upon themselves because they knew that God operated in, in measure per measure of punishments. And Hashem says, I don't need to destroy the whole world. I'll make you walk into your death in the water itself. And that, Yisrael says, was the most profound expression of divine justice, which is part of what brought him and, they, um, and made him this convert to Judaism. With this, we conclude the first idea. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.